two interracial couples on a quest where fantasy and the real world collide. This is When Crit Happens. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Raghatima. Because there's a boulder. We're going to fight a boulder. Rock, fight the boulder, everybody. We are going to fight a boulder. I am your game master, Torsten David Johnson, using he, they pronouns. And I am joined by Joshua David Robinson. Hello, JDR, they, he, a.k.a. Titan, your belt. And Deanna Elizabeth Woodman. Hello, I am a Neod. (laughs) My pronouns are... They, she, and I talk like this now. Amazing. Oh, great, great. Yes, the podcast is now going to be seven hours long. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Buckle up, everyone. <laughs> and if anyone was wondering, we had a really great time with Anid before this, but it's my name backwards. <laughs> so don't overthink was, it. It's just their name backwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, No, it is not the story about the founding of Rome. But <laughs> So many kudos points to you if you managed to get that before us, because we definitely were in classical literature mindset. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I stayed like, in my lane. Okay. <laughs> it was so funny just for the everyone to know that Joshua truly was like, oh, and then started saying something that was truly like <laughs> profound and like, oh, it's steeped in culture. And I was like, no, it's my name backwards. <laughs> and Kylie Marie Brinkman. Hello, Kylie Marie Brinkman. She, her, playing Josephina Wick, aka Joe. Also, she, her. Mm. Excellent. Well, shall we get to a little recap? Please. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let us. So last time, the three of you, along with Yama and Thula, picked yourselves up off the ground outside the walls of Stormhaven and made your way to the road leading north. A long caravan of people were already making their way along the road next to the river, including the DeLargos at the head of the train with two large guarded carriages. Joe, you saw Gammy, a baker from town, and you all spent some time on their wagon getting some fresh bread and cookies. You also said hi to Delilah, Mm -hmm. a jeweler who often worked with your father and often worked for the DeLargos. She told you that they seemed to be heading to the Lake of Shifting Shores, so she was following them. Go where the work is, you know. And as the day wore on, you spread out a bit. Jasu, you lent a helpful hand to some folks whose names very helpful. you never learned. No, no, I was very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and then later in the afternoon, the lead cart came to a sudden halt. The front right wheel got caught in a deep pool of mud and the axle was broken. You all approached to see if you could help and Sir Gallivane, the head of the Duke's Guard, took stock of who you were. Fergus, the guard you'd seen previously, identified you as the three who had been spotted on the palace grounds the previous day, had some involvement with Prim, Mm -hmm. and, according to Oramaya, also had some affinity with the pirates. Gallivane ordered the guards to seize you, and they all lowered their glaives aggressively. Really, y'all? Really? (laughs) Joe, you didn't engage... Titan, you suggested that Fergus redistribute some wealth, and Jasu, 
you just got to work finding a way to lever the cart so it could be repaired. You saw a boulder that looked perfect to use as a fulcrum for a nice innocent boulder on the side of the road. Innocent, (laughs) I'm just the boulder. Somehow I took so much damage. I'm here to help you. And as you reached down to pick up the boulder, a large eyelid popped open and the stone opened a toothy maw and chomped down on your arm i wrote down in literal all caps i still have an action i still have an attack (laughs) and that is where you are now (laughs) so sir galavane and 12 guards are over by the carriages surrounding both joe and titan one of the guards fergus is walking away under the power of a suggestion spell Uh, the lead cart is filled with gold and other precious cargo and tipped on its right wheel, like forward on its right wheel, way off balance. The second cart is where Paltry and Oramaya are. They are locked inside. They've closed up the shutters and it seems like it's really hard to get inside. Mm. Jasu, you are 30 feet in front of the carts mm-hmm. next to this stone, which is just a little ways off the road on the riverside, on the right side. And we are going to wrap up this final turn in in the first round of combat that we were in last time because Jesu you had not used your action you had just used your movement and then we are going to re-roll initiative because there's a new combatant and it's the beginning of a new session and all of that mm. cool. um so Jesu what do you want to do scream <laughs> and then I attack it all right great give me an attack roll the first roll of the episode Nat 20. Oh my God. <gasps> Are you kidding? Smile on him. Smile. Are you no, no, kidding? Not, no, Lord. That's so good. Nat 20 and it's with my storm die. I think what has happened is Jasu is like truly over it and takes mm-hmm. out all her anger on this fucking rock. I'm about okay. to divine smite with a second level. Fuck y'all. Wow. 39 damage. 39 Jesus Christ. damage. Pow, pow, pow. Okay. <laughs> and the way that <laughs> the way that I do it is is that <laughs> my entire staff lights up with like electric energy and uh-huh. it just goes crack down on this stone. Okay. And then you know what I do, Tor? Uh-huh. I attack again. Great. <laughs> yes. Go for it. Does a 12 hit? No. Ah. <laughs> okay well with that this thing which has chomped down on your arm releases your your hand completely and looks like i mean looks like it got struck by lightning it's the black (laughs) char marks going down into this muddy ground that is just beneath it and you realize that this thing this stone is larger than you had been able to tell from far away because it extends down into this muddy earth. And so there's a lot of rocks near here, but also this kind of loose, muddy ground that seems to resemble the mud that that cartwheel (gasps) dropped into. And it's all kind of connected. Mm. And with that, we are going to roll initiative. Wow, 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 the drama. 22. Eight. 18. Okay, so here we go. The first to act with a 22 is Titan. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I am currently charming someone to redistribute the wealth. Mm -hmm. 
that seems like maybe not the most important thing to do in this moment. Sure. So I see this rock monster chomp mm -hmm. down on my girl's arm, and then I see its head kind of explode a little bit with lightning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I'm going to be like, oh, and the lightning looked like it hurt it some. So I'm, I'm going to take that under advisement and be like, cool, 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 cool. I would like to run underneath the like armored tank cart. Okay, the one where Oromaya and Paltry are? Yes, because okay. I would like to, I don't remember if people know that I have this thing or not. <laughs> so I'm going to slide underneath this cart, look towards this emerging rock beast and uh, call lightning down upon it using the Tempest Bringer. Wow. Great. So Titan, seeing this rock beast emerge from the ground, takes off, slides so effortlessly, like a nice <laughs> little like a speed skater slide underneath this cart, <laughs> darts their gaze back towards the rock monster. Mm -hmm. Emerging from their sleeve comes the head of this beautiful uh, baton, the Tempest Bringer, mm -hmm. and then clouds gather above it and lightning streaks down from the sky. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, all right, this thing has a very large range, so you could basically run as far as you want and still be able to, to hit with that spell. And now the rock monster gets to make a dexterity save. That is correct. Can the rock monster move? <laughs> You're about to see. So the rock moves very slowly and completely... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, no. I don't want to wait. That's a 15. That fails. It fails? DC 16. Holy oh, shit. You guys goodness. are so because, strong. Yeah, baby. I got I got to plus five charisma at like level three, which was... That is <laughs> insane. Yeah, sorry about it. What is the rock? So does the rock have feet? What's uh, the dex? You can't see any feet on this rock, but it is apparent now that the rock goes down deeper than the surface of the ground so you don't know what the lower part of this rock's body mm. is rock lobster yeah exactly <laughs> uh, rock so lobster hits. takes 13 lightning damage okay oh and, and as i'm running away mm -hmm. i shout to my girl jasu go get him girl give her a little bardic inspiration oh thank you thank you okay. i feel a little inspired great Next to act is Sir Galavane and the guards. Sir Galavane says, Guards, guards, enter phalanx. There's a new threat that is clearly on the horizon. Lower your glaives. And the guards all lower their glaives and enter a phalanx position where they come up in a formation next to each other and start walking towards the rock monster with Galavane <laughs> rushing up in front of them and marshalling them with his glaive. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. They are able to get pretty far, but they aren't able to get far enough where they can make any kind of attack, and they end their turn about 15 feet from the rock. And so you can sense that they are right behind you, and Sir Galavane calls out to you and, and says, you with the stick, get get out of the way. We, we, we have it to- It is very clearly a staff. <laughs> we have to destroy this rock. <laughs> okay. The next thing that happens is a little bit of silence. And then suddenly 
out from the muddy pool at your feet four stony tendrils erupt <gasps> splurting from the ground two of them latch onto the cart in front coming out of the pool right near this broken wheel and two of them erupt out towards you titan and you joe and what? they latch onto <laughs> this tendril latches onto your leg joe and begins to pull you towards the rock monster. Same thing, Titan, except it latches onto your arm, the same arm that is holding the Tempest Bringer, and begins to pull you towards it. Okay, so Titan, that's a nine to hit you. That's somehow gonna miss. Shocking. And Joe, that is a 24 to hit you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 24. <laughs> oh, God. So you feel it. You feel it start to pull at your at your arm, and I vogue right out of there. Amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Joe, it does get hold of your leg and begins to pull you towards it. It pulls you a full twenty five feet directly towards oh. it, so that you end near the horses and over the over this muddy, sludgy, Ew. muddy ground off the side of the road. And you see that the two tendrils that have attached to the cart now start to pull on the cart. And the cart is already significantly off balance. And so it starts to like cantilever over the edge of the road and it starts swaying and it tips up onto the corner and looks like it could tip over the edge and tumble down onto the rocky riverbank down below. I'm confused. So it's not pulling the cart towards itself? It is, but like that that's basically means that it's pulling it off the side of the road. Gotcha. So it's uh, yeah. Got it. At the same time, it is going to make a bite attack at Yujasu. My armor class is four hundred. It's a seventeen to hit you. Uh, my armor class is actually eighteen. <laughs> All right. It misses. And then it is going to dive down underneath the surface. And it disappears down under the surface of this muddy quicksand and out of view. (gasps) And that is the end of its turn. So its head disappears? Like that's what, like the rock disappears? Yeah, the rock itself disappears. If it's moving away from me, do I get a reaction? Yeah, you can take an attack of opportunity as it moves away. I'm going to do that. Cool. 22. A 22 will hit. Well, Jasu's mad, so mm-hmm. Jasu is going to use her other second level Divine Smite right. because she mad. I don't know what to tell you, um, which means I do 3d8 on top of my one other d8 mm-hmm. for 4d8. 27 points of damage to All this right. motherfucker running away from me that I'm still screaming at, mind you. Okay. You hit it as it descends and it disappears under the surface. Now, what would you like to do? It's my turn. It's your turn now. Are we saying it took damage or are we saying- Where did it go? Where did it go? (laughs) Is it still holding on to me after all this? Yes. Okay. (laughs) And it's disappeared and I can't really follow it, it sounds like. it. Honestly, it looks pretty viscous, but it looks fluid-like. You think that you might be able to go down there 
if you tried. <laughs> go down where? I'm mad. Follow it. You I'm can try to follow it. I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to go. I usually, old Jesu would go and help the people, would go be like, let's not let this thing fall. Jesu now, Jesu doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Jesu don't care. Jesu a honey badger. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So as you enter this area. Oh, no. Let's do it. I die again. You sink five feet into this quicksand and you realize that you can't easily remove yourself. You're sinking quickly. You're wearing heavy armor and and you don't feel it down below, but you do think that if you took the dash action, you could go even deeper if you tried to go deeper. I'm going to dash it out. You're going to go deeper? All right, you go another five feet deeper and you feel this thing right beneath your feet. You are now fully submerged. Joe, you see Jesu disappear down under this quicksand. It's fluid enough that you can move a little bit. And so you feel this thing beneath your feet. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I know I'm going to die. You can't see it because it's completely dark down here. There's no light to see. Cool. <laughs> and Jesse can't breathe, I'm assuming. I her down there. Can she she can lift her trunk up out of the quicksand, right? Uh, Actually, yeah. We'll say that Jesse is able to breathe with a trunk raised above, God. but that means that your head stays high. Oh yeah. Um, yep. But I feel now this creature. Yeah. What do you want to do? <laughs> I try to hit it. You try to hit it? Great. Uh, you're going to have disadvantage on this attack. Okay. The actual fuck. <laughs> okay. Well, so 14. Oh, 14 to hit. 14 misses. You have bardic inspiration. Oh, I have bardic. Oh. Well, in that case, a 16 to hit. That also misses. Oh, fuck. Well, I get another attack because I have two attacks. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Wait, I dropped it on the ground. It doesn't count. We're watching Jasu hit rock bottom. That's what's <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Well, that was not better. That was a, a 13 to hit. That will also miss. Yeah, shocking. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I go into this fucking thing and I just start swinging down. <sighs> All right. Anything else you want to do on your turn, Jasu? Well, I'm certainly not praying. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all I do. Okay. <laughs> the next people to act are the nobles. You see one slot of the the shuttered window open and Paltry's eyes through the slot looking back and forth. Calavane, there are no guards near my carriage, Calavane. That is not the protocol. Where are you? And then you see another one open and you see Oromaya's eyes. Paltry, over here, there's some kind of tentacle beast. And then they Snap the shutters closed again, and everything goes quiet. <laughs> Joe, it's your action. Okay, so this thing is holding me by one of its yeah rocky. What do they feel like? <laughs> I mean, is it rock? Is it like I'm being held by something, or is it like octopus? Yeah, you know, I think it's octopus. It's flexible like octopus, but it has kind of it's octopusy, but. <laughs> But the the exterior feels kind of crunchy and mm, just curious. I will tell you. So these tendrils have some some impacts. You are grappled by the tendril, and while you are grappled, you are restrained, which means that your speed is zero, so you can't move of your own volition. Ah. 
uh, attacks against you have advantage and your attacks have disadvantage. Uh, you also have disadvantage on dexterity saves. Attacks against me have advantage. And your attacks have disadvantage. So if you cast any spell attack that requires an attack roll, it will have disadvantage. You can try to get out of this like you would escape any grapple. So you could make uh, another acrobatics check if you wanted to try to just get out. But that would require an action. That's an action. Okay. Joe's confused. Her friend looks like she's drowning, but I'm seeing Jasu's trunk. So it seems like she's still alive. Yeah. So while cursing the DeLargos, mm-hmm. um, what the fuck are you hiding in your fucking carriage for? Get out here, you pussies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably the first time Joe ever has said that word, but Titan has said it, and so I'm trying it out for size. I'll cast Burning Hands. Amazing. All right, so I'm going to ask you now, you're close enough to this phalanx. You could hit up to four guards because they're in this tight formation with this Burning Hands if you want. You could also direct it so that you catch none of them. It's up to you. I'm not trying to hit the guards. Great. Um, yes, I'm not trying to hit the guards. Uh, so this will be a deck save? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a fail. Yes. Yes. Okay. And yeah, I guess I'm like, I'm casting it at the tentacle, whatever we're calling this. Yeah. And it's a nine. All right. The tentacle shrivels up and almost entirely is destroyed but it is barely still hanging on to you. One second. I just want to see if there's anything else I can do. I mean, you could quicken that spell and then like cast a disadvantage firebolt or whatever. Why not? I just want to make sure I'm using enough sorcery points. Okay, so if I do that, I'll have disadvantage on this though, on my firebolt. Yep. Great, okay. So I'm going to quicken that spell and then I'm going to cast a firebolt and disadvantage. Oh, sad. That was a nat 20, though. Oh. This was a four, though. So that's 11. And... So you do have... Tides of Chaos. Tides of Chaos. Yeah, I want to use... Just roll one more time. Yeah, Yeah, you do it, (laughs) y'all. Okay, that one was better. 17 on the die, 24. Yes, yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, correct. (laughs) We out here, we doing it. That's a seven. Oh, Torsten. Oh, no. What, Torsten? It's a seven. It's a seven. So, yeah. So, you destroy the tentacle. And and so, you drop to the ground now, and you are free from the beast. It no longer, the the rock creature no longer has a grasp on you, and you feel this tentacle just go limp, and it retract back (laughs) down into the ground where it got severed. Why I just went, oh, is because I went up here to make a note on, um, but what I also realized is that you had taken the dodge action on your last turn, and I forgot about that. And so the next, uh, the attack that the tendril originally took against you should have had disadvantage. Last time I told you it was plus two to your AC, but that was incorrect. Yeah, you told me it was for the guard specifically too, I thought. Yeah, I mean, you took it for the guard, but the way that that ability is written is mm. like you're on dodge action and so like anything that's coming at you you're more prepared to be against so here's what we're going to do and i hope that this is cool with you we'll see <laughs> <laughs> as you fall from this tendril kind of like half lifting you off the ground you are on top of the muddy ground and so it is possible for you to 
basically to start sinking. And so I would like to give you advantage on the roll to get out of this and to not start sinking into this quicksand, muddy yeah, ground. Sense. Yeah, great. So am I rolling a d20? Yeah, I'd like you to make either an athletics check or an acrobatics check to get off of it before you start sinking into it. Okay, because I get advantage, you said I get advantage, so I'm gonna yep. roll twice. Great. It's funny, I got the same roll for both <gasps> things. Oh. Um, 17. 17, mm-hmm. yeah. So you are able to scurry off of it. Oh, and scurry I do. And get up to seven <laughs> feet before you start sinking in. Ugh. So I'm not off of it completely? Uh, no, you can make it to the edge. You're not that far from the edge. Basically, the way that this mechanic works is whatever you get above 10 is how many feet you can move before you start to sink mm. into it. Mm. Interesting. Anything else you want to do on your turn, Kylie? You are you still have movement left. You what? have used your bonus action, but you only moved seven feet just now. I so. want to get out of here. Can I move more or no? Yeah, so now like in order to get out, you moved towards the guards. And so if you want to keep moving away, you can move another 23 feet. Yeah, I want to get as far away from this rock monster <laughs> as possible. Great. So you're heading off kind of in the direction of Titan, and you can see that there's another tentacle headed towards Titan. And that will bring us to the end of the first round. Oh, Lord. The people behind are like, what's going on? Is is this some kind of lightning storm avalanche? People are just shouting random shit because they can't see well enough to know what is going on up here. You hear Gammy calling out, telling people, calm down, just calm down. And you glance down the line as you're headed in that direction, Joe, and you see that Yama and Thula are trying to make their way up towards you all top of the round titan it's your action uh, so this is this tentacle still trying to trying to mess with me it looks like it probably is mm-hmm. great so i am going to run away okay. from the tentacle All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. a brilliant so, plan so what i would like to do is use my 30 feet of movement to if this thing is chasing me run around this cart uh-huh. as many times as I can with 30 oh God, feet of so movement funny. to see if it will follow me. Uh, you so that perhaps now, yes. <laughs> nice, nice. And call down lightning on, like it stretched out to get me. So I just want to call down lightning straight on this tentacle, mm-hmm. trying to make sure that there's not anybody else within five feet of where of the spot that I try to shock it at. Okay, great. You can totally ring this cart more than once so that this tentacle is fully contacting the cart. Yes. The drivers <laughs> are trying to move the the horses off to the side. Um, horses are probably a little spooked here too with all this lightning. And so uh, they're moving the horses and, and kind of getting out of your way at the same time. Um, you get over onto the river side towards the front and that's the end of your movement. And you you think you can shock this tentacle? Do you want to shock it? I'll do it like where it's coming out of the ground. If I see where it's coming out of the ground and there's uh-huh. nobody there, I'll do that. Okay. That seems like the Great. That seems like the move. So deck save again for you. You see it uh, very sluggishly, if at all, moves, and you are able to to drop lightning on this thing. No problem. It's going to take full damage. Twenty points of lightning damage. Oh, it zaps uh, and it's severed and the, the whole tentacle that's now wrapped around this cart just goes limp. 
I just wanted to make sure y'all stay safe in there. <laughs> who is that? Oh, that? No, that's Titan. That's who I was telling you about. Uh, you hear Oramai and Paltry from inside. Anything else? Is there, is one of the guard, like there's a lead guard guy? Yeah, Galavane. Gal- definitely. Galavane. Mm-hmm. You see, Galavane is at the moment realizing that the front cart, the treasure cart, is precipitously tipping and looks like he's about to change tack in terms of what they are up to, especially now that the rock monster is no longer visible. Okay. Can I see the trunk st- sticking out of the the sand from where I am? Yeah. Maybe not. If you want to make a perception check, you can. Sure. I feel like that's fair play. But it's not going to be a high DC. Eight. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're not sure where, where Jasu is exactly. Yeah. Jasu! Joe, where Jasu go? <laughs> and Joe's pointing uh, to the trunk. <laughs> probably can't hear me underground. It's going to be really can. hard to hear down there. Yep. Uh, I do have a nose. Yeah, so. but that's, that is not... Your ear. (laughs) (laughs) Astute. Dang, that is an interesting thing. I'm now having uh, all sorts of thoughts about this bard mechanic. Sorry, we're Mm -hmm. having we're having intercession crit. (laughs) But like, yeah, bardic inspiration specifically says that can hear you. And I'm just like, what about people who can't, who don't, who aren't hearing? Oh yeah, absolutely. No. Anyways, put that on the list. I literally wrote it down. Yep. (laughs) Talk about it. Sweet. It's great. So I don't give Jasu bardic inspiration <laughs> yeah. and end my turn. Okay. The next group to go is Galavane and the guards. And Galavane, seeing what is happening to the lead cart, says, Phalanx, reverse, threat mitigated, operation, save the cart, save the cart. <laughs> and operation. they all <laughs> no need to give it a name turn around <laughs> and they rush back over to the cart to try to throw themselves into it to stop it from falling oh my gosh reckless so are, they, are both of the carts i guess why is that one falling because that one hasn't had tentacles around it no that one had tentacles this literally the... grab onto it and start oh, pulling shit. it okay and so these guards are going to rush up and try to start tipping it back which is interesting athletics. because yeah the next action item is uh, this creature gets to go so we're gonna do an opposed athletics check called it for oh no them. called it all right well the overwhelming numbers seem to make a big difference and the guards are able to overcome these tendrils <laughs> and push it back towards the road and so it slams back down onto the other two wheels wow. and as the carriage is shaking from the push and pull between the tentacles and the guards coins and jewels and Whoa. art objects are falling out of it onto the ground uh, there's also a large sheaf of papers. Mm. Joe, I think you might be close enough to read this. Titan, you might as well. It looks like a file box that's labeled Lake of Shifting Shores Accounts. And you remember that the DeLargos are in the insurance business. And so you realize that they might have business and some accounts in the Lake of Shifting Shores where they're headed. Uh, so perhaps that's, you know, their short to midterm plan anyway, uh, at least as far as income goes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The next thing that happens is that there's another kind of moment of silence as this cart has just slammed down and everybody looks around 
The two tendrils that had attacked Joe and Titan have disappeared underground. The two that are attached to the cart are still there, but, you know, they were just overcome. And then... I just hear me scream as I die. (laughs) Three more tendrils erupt out of the dirt. One is going for Joe, one is going for Titan, and the other is... They like you. This is interesting. They like you guys. Maybe Jesse did it right. Jesse's the one hiding in the sand. Tor said, yeah. and the third one is How? going for another one who mm. has a special <laughs> item. Who has, can I say, has a special item that is drawing I these mean, tentacles near. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh-oh. And the third one <gasps> is going to erupt up straight at the arm, which is supporting this carriage that he just pushed back over. And you can see Joe and Titan that on the arm of Sir Galavane is a bracelet that Whoa. matches the drawing of the bracelet of tracking that was in the key of opening <gasps> manual. And it looks like Sir oh. Galavane has the bracelet of tracking. Remind us what that does again. The bracelet of tracking is only really useful when the key of opening is, is used. used. Okay. That's right. That's right. But okay. that is what allows them to then find. Know. Looks like sure. we got something yeah. to pickpocket. <laughs> so uh, these attack rolls are coming at you. And Jasu, you feel a tendril grab a hold of your torso <gasps> under the ground. Cool. Jesus, Jasu is underground. Joe, this one's coming at you. It's an 11 to hit you, Joe? No. Okay, so Titan, this one's coming at you? No, it's not. Also 11. Wow, I don't have good armor class, but I am voguing out her. (laughs) Uh, So because the creature cannot see you right now, all these attacks are happening with disadvantage. Mm, The mechanics, a little peek behind the screen there. Sir, this one's coming at Sir Galavane. Nat 20, nat 20. It is a 21. Uh, No, sorry, it's a 17. Teen to hit. I don't know. What's he wearing? I don't know. What's he wearing? What's he he's, wearing? <laughs> uh, he's got a thong. Ooh, Sir what are you wearing? Are you wearing full plate? Are you wearing that hot ass He is wearing plate. plate. He is wearing yeah, so good. full plate. And so the tendril does not find purchase. Right. And the final one is coming at you, Jasu. Well, it can't really see me because I'm underground, so. That's true. It also can't see you. <laughs> no lie. It's an 11 on the die. It's an 18 to hit. That's my armor class. And if you meet it, you beat it. I don't know what to say. I'm gonna die today. <laughs> now it's going to roll to attack you with its bite. <gasps> cool. So the, the tendrils, none of the three of them outside of the ground have hit anything which means that it is going to try to reel in the the carriage again. So it's going to try to tip it back over. So I'm going to do another opposed athletics check with wow. the guards who are still standing there. This time, it gets them by surprise. They thought they won, and so it starts pulling and dragging it, both tipping it over and kind of dragging it towards the, the edge of this cliff again. And Jasu? Cool. What? What's up? What's going on? That's a 26 to hit you. Lord on well, high. My armor class is 400. So 26? What? It's like, I don't even know where you are right now. You already buried yourself. So that's 19 oh. piercing oh, damage. No. 19? Lord. Okay. Okay, and you cool. feel yourself uh-huh. pulled deeper underground. And Joe, you see the trunk disappear. 
And that brings us to your turn, Jasu. What would you like to do? How far away am I from, oh shit, my wondrous plan is not going to work because I used a second level divine smite. (laughs) I'm an idiot, but it makes sense. The DM is silent. (laughs) I feel the bite and I go, and I'm pulled under and I can no longer breathe. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to try and attack this little vine that's uh, surrounded me and I'm going to try to get the fuck out of this little vine. Disadvantage on this attack. Oh, that's a four on one of the die. So I'm going to attack again. Okay. Oh, that's better. Even with disadvantage, I got a 22. That will hit. I guess I'll do a first level just to make sure. Uh, So I'm a divine smite on the fucking vine. Okay. Rude. 16. You sever it. I go, and then I try (laughs) to move up. Yeah, great. (laughs) So make a strength check. You can use athletics. What's an 18 plus 7? 25? That's what I thought. I got 25. (laughs) So that's 15 feet. I want you to make a either survival check or nature check to see if you can tell what direction and how far you have traveled down here. Plus zero for this. So four. Four. <gasps> oh no. Four total. Four total. But a high four. It's like a really... What's Jasu trying to figure out? I understand. What direction to go? Because Jasu started by swimming down and then got pulled. So Jasu, you got pulled in a direction that wasn't down. Oh. And so now... I think as you start going, the most obvious direction to go is up. So if you think that you go up, great. If you think you go in another direction, then I'm going to, because you got a four, I'm going to roll a random die to see what direction you go. I think I'm going up. Great. So you start going up, and after you travel five feet, you hit stone. You are in a tunnel. You are clearly in an underground tunnel that is filled with this sludge. Okay. Cool. (laughs) I'm going to try and using my hand on the tunnel, Mm -hmm. follow the tunnel. Great. Why don't don't you roll the d4 and tell me the number? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'm going to use my new pretty d4. Wow, y'all. Real terror is happening right now. (laughs) It's like we out here swinging swords, casting spells and stuff, but it's like, no, you're buried alive in a sludge. Roll a two. I'm going to have nightmares about this. All right, you go five feet and you hit a wall. Okay, well, so I would like to go in the way that is not that direction. So the opposite direction? Yep. Great. You reach the end of your movement. Great. And you think that there's another wall in front of you. And so you're clearly in a tunnel. You're at the top of it. There's the two sides of it. And you're not 100% sure of whether you should go that way or that way. But I've I've hit three walls so far, right? Like I have three surfaces. One above you. Above, two, two to my side. And one on each side. Got it. Next up is the nobles. It's really loud out there, Sir Gallivane. And Sir Gallivane says, Sir, sir, we have it under control. As he's trying to fight off this tendril, which is also attacking him. And so that will bring us to Joe. Can I do a like a, a history check or something to... I'd love to know if I know anything about this monster. I love it. Yeah. Give me a history check. Seven. Seven. You have heard of strange beasts with tentacles and that disguise themselves as rocks and things like that in Terra, mm. but 
they might have been fantasy. You you haven't really spent time in Terra, and and so no, you've never heard of something like this in Arboreus. Okay, and do I know when we strike its tentacles, mm-hmm. are we hurting the main thing? <laughs> From what you saw earlier, you think maybe not. You because you attacked it a couple times when the main body was there. It didn't look like it was flinching at all. It it seemed like attacking the tentacles had no effect on the the health of the the main body. Oh, bummer. Okay. So is there anyone else being attacked by tentacles up top? Yeah, I mean they're clearly chasing Sir Galavane and Titan, they're chasing you, and it seems like they might have some other sense. Uh, the tentacles going for Titan's arm that's holding the staff and they're the bracelet of tracking. A, the tentacles coming for your your necklace. Oh, my necklace. Yeah, the necklace that is able to sure. cast detect emotions. Okay. You see that Yama and Thula are running up, and Yama. it looks like they'll be here soon. They call out to you, Joe, Joe, what's going on over there? We need <laughs> help, Yama. Joe says, like, in a panic. I'm panicked. Um, uh-huh. Jasu, Jasu's under. We, I don't know where she is. And these crazy tentacles seem to be going after our things. We need help. And I cast, can I cast chromatic orb, their level chromatic orb, and use twinned to target two? Two tendrils? Yeah. Is that Absolutely. an option? Yeah. I guess I would prefer to go after the ones that are going after people, but aiming for the base okay. and not the parts that are like flailing around as much. Yeah. Go for it. It's a 10. Oh, good. Right uh, down the middle, okay, man. Okay, great. I would like you to roll on the wild magic surge table. Wild surge. magic surge. Okay, so this table is so wild. It's, uh, we're in the 20 range. It's a wild time out there. 26. Oh, this is 26. funny. 26. 26. An eye appears on your forehead. <sighs> For the next minute. During that time, you have advantage on wisdom perception checks that rely on sight. Mm. Fascinating. So a third eye appears in the middle of your forehead. Do you think I know that it appeared? I think so because you're seeing it (laughs) triple now. You're seeing, but it's not like when you see with two eyes, you see double. You just—it's just your vision. Well, maybe you know? it takes a second. You know how when you cross your eyes, like you, wow. you go out of binocular vision. So maybe you have to reorient. A third eye. <laughs> cool. All right, now you get to roll for your second twinned. Mm-hmm. Twenty-four. That hits. Twenty-four. Twelve. Uh, yeah. So you sever this tendril. Is this the one that's coming for you? Oh, yes. All right. So that one is blasted off at the bottom, close to the ground. And now there is nothing close to you. Anything else in your turn, Joe? Can I? You can get farther away. Yeah, I feel like I want to get farther. Great. Uh, It does seem like these things have a limit on their distance. And so you're able to get over behind the the second carriage with paltry on it. And you Mm. see Yama and Thula coming towards you. And it you think that this far away, the tendrils haven't been able to reach. Great. And so it seems like you are out of their range. Uh, Yama comes up and says, Whoa, is that a, is that a tentacle? 
Yeah, that's a tentacle, and there's a rock monster monster underneath but all the Did it have just blood. like one big eye? I I didn't get a good look, but I think like so. Like a big toothy mouth. Probably that feels right. Uh huh. And, and Jasu is in there. Jasu is stuck under wait, there. Wait, I'm sorry. Wait a second. Jasu's where? I somewhere under the quicksand. We could see her the trunk, quick and now sand? it's disappeared. Quick sludge, mud, what? quick. I don't know. Monster goo, whatever that stuff is. And Can you, you help? You see him look over at Thula, and they look at each other, and they say, "Sounds like a roper, but never heard of a roper in Arboreas. What do you quicksand? How do you ro- ropers are? They're part of Terra. I mean, they used to plague the forges and things because they they feed on the the magical energy of of objects that have that have been imbued with with magic and." Oh, I like Where is grip she? my necklace when Yama says that. So what do we do to kill it? Oh, well, I mean, they've got a hard stony skin, so it's hard to damage them. Um, and, and the tentacles uh, hitting them doesn't really do any damage to the to the real thing. You got to destroy it. And it, I mean, they're dangerous. Let me tell you. Uh, wh- where's Jasu? You said Jasu's under the Under the ground somewhere. Oh, God. Well, and Thula says, this is surprising to me as well. I have never heard of or even considered that... Uh, such a creature would even be able to come to Arboreas, and I am curious as to how, but in the short term, can you show me where the tendrils are going down into the ground? Yeah, and I point to the spot where I was like sinking in quicksand and where I last saw Jasu. And you see Thula start to uh, stride forward towards the pit of quicksand. Um, Okay. That brings us to the top of the next round. Ooh, girl, this is a spicy one, isn't it? Jasu out here wilding out, and your girl Titan gotta catch my breath, which is a perfect time for a little T.O. and some table talk to shout out our wonderful patrons. You all are the terror upon which our arboreous stands. <laughs> See what I did there? Anywho, Steve, your Terran craftsmanship reigns unmatched across all the land. Thank you for your support. And Andrew, our senior scholar from the Inori House of Learning, the innovations you've bestowed upon the realm are too numerous to count. As we count down to the end of the 2023rd year of the common era in some realm on some planet called Earth, I just wanted to let y'all know that this will be the last main feed transmission until your planet crosses some arbitrary point in space as it orbits around that yellow-ass star y'all call the sun, signifying the beginning of the 2024th year of the common era. Y'all calendar be hella confusing. No, Titan, what you just said is hella confusing. Uh, no main feed eps until the new year, y'all. But please come on over and join us on the Patreon for more eps. That's what I said. Okay, Titan. Okay. Back to the show. Titan, it is oh, your boy. Turn. Okay. Have I seen this bracelet? Absolutely. Great. So, And I'm nearby? Uh, yep. So here's what I would like to do. Sir Galavane is out here trying to like get the tentacles off the cart and everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Great. So I, I rush over to, to Galavane. I say, here, here, let, let me help. And I call down some lightning on the tentacles. Okay. And so here, here, let, let, let me help you. And I would like to try to sleight of hand this bracelet off of his wrist. Great. That might be too many actions for one thing to do. Yeah. So I think, especially if you're more interested in the lightning as being part of the distraction, mm-hmm. 
because I believe this spell, you just like have some storm clouds going up above. Yeah. Right? That's right. So that's right. We'll say that this isn't a damaging version of the spell. It's just like some crackling lightning that goes off, making it seem like you're doing some stuff up there. <laughs> and then go ahead and give me a sleight of hand check. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty good. Oh, good, good, good. Oh, is it? It's a 27. Nice. Oh, wow. Nice. So here's the thing. Shut your cute mouth. He can't roll that high. He doesn't have the stats for it. <laughs> but what he did do is he did roll a nat 20. How? <gasps> How? This is the second time yeah. that almost this exact thing has happened. Yeah. So, <laughs> And the numbers are the same. Anyways, yes. I think what I'm going to do is say that you get it and he doesn't see you get it. But he sees that it's gone and says, what? That monster, it, it took my bracelet. Yeah. Oh, was it Was it something special? That, was it like a like a quinceanera thing? I'm sorry, it was an official state bracelet. Part of my job, I'm, I'm sorry, you and I, we still have, we, we still have beef. We have ground that we need to cover. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> He's leveled flat from that. I mean, if you would like to go get dinner sometime, like that's fine, but like it can't be beef. If you'd like to go get beef sometime. And, and you have the bracelet. He is clearly still pissed at you but at the moment is just concerned with making sure that this treasure cart doesn't run away um and is not happy to see that the bracelet is missing great um uh, i don't know what yama and tula are about to do who, who looks like they're about to take some action to rectify this situation thula looks much more prepared to do something in this in this moment yama is still fighting with the impulse to hide whenever there's danger great so i i, I shout to tula tula i think our girls I don't know, somewhere underground, help her out and give Tula a bardic. Awesome. That brings us to Galavane, who, realizing that you all are attacking the tendrils and it's stopping them, he marshals the guards, take your short swords out, and they all uh, scramble around and make a bunch of attacks at these tendrils. Pow, pow. And they cut the tendrils. So now there are no tendrils attached to the cart, and the cart is solid and stable on the ground uh, a few of the others he says prepare to attack if, if anything else comes out for the uh, either of the carts protect the duke protect the duke he says loudly so that the duke can hear him that'll bring us to the creature dun, 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 dun. so a tendril is going to reach out for you Jasu. Yeah, shocking. No, everyone's shocked. It has disadvantage. Yep, it does. And it gets a 14. And that doesn't hit me because my armor class is what? 18. <laughs> bu, 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 bu. So it through the the muck, you feel it wriggling around and like brushes against your leg and then it disappears. And then you feel the movement through this muck as the creature moves. And you can sense that it is moving up. Oh. And like I know I know that it's up. Yeah, you were getting your bearings. You could feel okay. the ceiling. I think you can tell which way is up right now. Okay. Okay. And you I can see. tell that this thing moved up. On the outside, what you all see is silence. The tendrils don't reemerge. And Jasu, it is your turn. Well, I now know which way is up, so that's nice. I would like to stay close-ish to the monster in order to not lose my way again, if that helps me, and go also up 
Great. So for your movement, make an athletics check. 23. All right. So that's 13 feet of movement that you have. Oh, okay. Great. I move 13 feet of movement up. You go in the same direction that the monster is going? Yes. You go that direction and you are traveling up and you break the surface of this muck. Which which part of your body leads? Probably my nose. nose. Your nose, okay. <laughs> Probably your nose my nose. leads. You s- smell that you are in, you, that you're in fresh air again and you can breathe, you can inhale. And I poke my head above the surface. <gasps> Great. And you look around and you are in a an underground chamber. Cool. Oh no. <laughs> and okay. this like God. kind of like sludgy <laughs> pool of quicksand muck is sitting here in this underground chamber that smells pretty dank. Monster dank? Monster dank. And you see in front of you the tip of this rock that is just about to break the surface, but is moving a little bit slower than you. And so its eye is not yet above the surface. And I'm underground. It's pretty dark. Like there's like it's, it's like rock yeah, around me. It's extremely or? dark. There's rock around you. It's so dark that you without dark vision are completely blind. You can't see. You feel rock. Like you, as your nose goes around, you feel that there is rock around you. You see that it's dark. You sense, you, maybe you even think for a minute that your eyes are sealed shut by the muck, but you know, you rub them, they're open. It is so dark. I come up off the surface. I take in two deep breaths to center myself. And I attack this motherfucker twice. <laughs> <laughs> Not 20. Are you Jesus kidding? Christ. Oh my God. Oh my God. Are you Christ. Jesus oh, fucking <sighs> Okay. Do you want to smite? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Which I only have first level. Mm-hmm. 45 damage. Wait, you just rolled really well. What? 45. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> okay. The creature just stops moving. You can hear that it immediately stops moving. And you hear like a little bit of intake of air as its diaphragm relaxes and like it it takes in air and floats up towards the surface. And this creature now lies in the center of this pool. I killed it. And the residual light from your smite through the cavern lets you see that this is a large kind of conical shaped creature that looks like some kind of stalactite or stalagmite. Gotta Google that. Cave drippy thing. (laughs) Thank you for the rest of us. And that brings us to the nobles. You see one of the louvers open and see Paltry peer out. I think it's quiet out. Let's just um, wait a little bit longer though. And they shut. And Joe, it's your turn. Okay. I'm still panicked because we don't, know where Jasu is mm-hmm. and we don't know where this creature is but there's no active threat above ground that I can attack to try to fix this situation and so remembering the power that this necklace has I want to use the necklace to try to detect emotion so I sure. I walk as close as I can to the quicksand and mm. to like the area where all the tentacles were yeah. coming out without actually 
yeah, it, without fully getting in it, am I? Does that put me close enough, or do I need to like get in the quicksand? To... Yeah. So you you activate the spell and move towards the spot where Jasu last was seen. Yeah. And as you do, you get a sense of a faint, like it is coming through a couple feet of stone. Read of the emotions of a sentient creature, of a person coming from your left, coming from behind the cliff wall that is on the left side of the road. Is that the opposite side that I'm on? It's the opposite side that Jasu was last seen on. Yeah. It's like down at the base of this cliff. Oh, gosh. Okay. I think this causes maybe further panic. (laughs) And I point to the spot where I'm feeling the emotion and I say, there's something under the ground there, but I'm only getting one person. Jasu might be dead. I don't know. I'm only getting one, like one read on one, I'm going to say person. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be my turn. Looking right. hopeless. Okay. And Thula is striding through and looks at you and says, in this direction? And pointing where you you indicated, Joe. Yes. And you see Thula walk over and start scouring the ground and the stones. And um, and then you see her all of a sudden stop and say, oh my gosh. And she puts her hand out. And in the same way that Yama did when you were at Tempest Top, opens a Terran door that leads to the cavern where Jasu is lying on the ground next to this pool of oozy muck and the dead body of a roper. And that is where we will end our session. Wow. What an encounter, yeah. Torso. Oh, what my an God. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was spicy and dirty and dirty like <laughs> dirty crit. some dirty crit. <laughs> shall we shall we get oh, to it dirty deep down underground critting happening <laughs> dirty wow. in the muck yeah everybody's got muck and mire all muck over and okay, it's got very sexual what very is fast. mire i was just Does thinking know what muck and mire, mire you like is? you like the dirty muck and my mire like i know being, <laughs> i know mire is a verb like being mired down but Meyer, a stretch of swampy or boggy ground. <laughs> ooh, yes. ooh, a situation, and this must be, well, I guess these are both nouns. A situation or state of difficulty, mm. distress, or embarrassment from which it is hard to extricate oneself. I'm in the mire. Mm. <laughs> I'm in the mire now. Yeah. You know what's not in my, the mire? My dice. Uh, my dice. Yeah, your dice were hot. Good segue. Some story. It's like when my your dice, dice are like that, you can dive in after the beasts. Like, sure. Yep. It's <laughs> crazy. I thought I, w- I for sure thought I was gonna die. Yeah, let's then talk about I that. Crit twice. <laughs> How you feeling? How you feeling, Deanna? I'm feeling pumped. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm feeling like fuck yeah, like because I have like eight hit points and I used the majority of my shit and I feel like I went into and I battled. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yo, totally. You straight up, you straight up one v one that absolutely. monster. You did. <laughs> yeah. You just you straight up one v one did and won. And I should on you. You went down into its home and murdered it in its home. And, oh god. Because you one v one. You literally oh, did. Ask. It's just like I don't always play D and D for the battles, uh-huh. but. 
sometimes I love it. Like, it's just so (laughs) fun. Because, like, I mean, even if I had died, I just like the idea of playing where you're actually, like, you have some stakes. And the goal Mm, is to, like, it's it's up to chance, but it's also, like, use your strategy. What are you going to do? And it was so fun to be, like, my strategy is pummel. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So, can I ask, were you... Were you taught? Were you thinking about using your misty step to to get out of there? When I got under and I realized mm-hmm. that, like, like this, like after when I was like, "What am I going to do to get out of here?" Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about it before I went into the to the area because right. when I went into the area, that was me just being like, "Yeah, Jesus just mad and is going to go into the sure. area." But then when I was like really getting in deep, I was like, "Oh, well, I think I have Misty Step," and then I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh no, but I can't use it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's the second level, right? Yeah, and I, we haven't seen you use that spell because it mm-hmm. it's not normally on the Paladin spell list, so. It'll be cool when when it comes out, uh, but not this session. Not this yes. session. No, this session. Jasu was a med and decided to go into someone's home and kill them. <laughs> it was, yes, yes. After they bit you and tried to suck a lot of people underground, yeah. and all pretty the brutal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Any other hot takes from the from the session? Oh yeah. I mean the, the the thing that we. I don't know if this is in the episode or not, but you know, I was Titan was saw. Jasu's trunk above the ground mm-hmm. and was like, that person's in a pickle. I would like to be able to help them and was going to try to give them a bardic, bardic inspiration for whatever they're going to do. And then I was looking at the language and also thinking about how Titan has used bardic inspiration in up until this point in the campaign. Mm-hmm. And the language says that a creature that can hear you. And then I was instantly like, oh, mm. That's a blind spot, isn't it? <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's like there are so many people who aren't hearing. Uh, yeah. And so it's like the fact that you have like being able to hear becomes a prerequisite to being able to receive this, you know, mechanical benefit mm-hmm. was like, oh, that's not great. And I, and now I'm thinking about even as oh, Titan isn't necessarily thinking about it at this. Well, I guess no, Titan is definitely thinking about it because that's what they wanted to do. And mm-hmm. we're like. I know they can't hear me. So I don't know. I guess Joshua as the player is now thinking about like, oh, well, I know bardic inspiration can work in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, I could do a dance and and inspire you in such and such a way. But like I know for Titan, most of it has been performance-based and 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 words of affirmation. And how to make that uh, how to make that feature accessible mm-hmm. is something that I'm now thinking about Hmm. yeah i mean it is i think that like it would be cool for and it might already exist a book on accessibility within D &D, because the mechanics could it can be are there and can be cool right like you needing to see someone you needing to hear someone Mm -hmm. you needing to be able to walk somewhere you needing to be able to whatever it might be like all of those things can be inhibitors but can also be like can can be like oh, like I can't give you Bardic, but could also be a safety feature of like, oh, you can't attack me, I can't hear you. Mm -hmm. There's like Mm -hmm. multiple layers Mm -hmm. in there, but then also just like you have to think about it where it's like you want to create a world that is accessible and makes sense for everyone who's playing in it. And how do you do that with characters that might have different disabilities, different like needs, whatever it might be. I just feel like there's a lot of like cool things that could be done and uh, inventive things that could happen that 
if only there was a book and maybe there is one so if you re- uh, listeners you know of a book yeah. please send it our way yeah. absolutely i think in this particular instance i think it's like i think it's okay because it was like Jasu made a reckless ass decision. <laughs> I went, yeah, I did. And even finding out where they were. So it, in even in storytelling, it mm. makes sense that like I would not have been able to assist her in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking about a like wasting a lot of resources mm-hmm. to do a I was like, what if I cast sending and give right. her bardic inspiration <laughs> <laughs> through yeah. the sending spell? Which I don't know. It's like I feel like most DMs would be like, Yeah, if you want to burn a second level spell to give somebody bardic inspiration, go for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in, in this instance, I think it made it made sense why it didn't work, but it did. It brought this thing to my totally. uh, attention. Yeah, I mean, this brings up a lot of things for me. The first thing is just that, like, I totally hear this, and I think it's a really interesting discussion. And there's so many things, like you're saying, Deanna, that are grounded in these, like, senses and, like, tactile, like, if you want to do this, then this must be the case, and that has conditions. It, it has conditions on what types of people, what types of bodies, what types of uh, senses are able to do those things in game. And in a lot of ways, I, I really like the specificity of that because it m- gives you some really concrete things imaginatively of like, oh, if they can't hear me, then it doesn't work. If I can't see them, mm-hmm. then it doesn't work. Like that sight played a huge role in combat today because of like, oh, this is a seeing individual, but they're now in a context where they can't see, and now they're in a context where they can see. Oh, but this person doesn't have dark vision. There's no light sort. Like it kind of adds this level of like specificity, which is really, really um, gives texture to the world and the and the mm-hmm. role play. But you're totally right that it has strong implications, and I think one of the things that it points out to me is I have never seen anybody role play a non-hearing or non-seeing character. I've just never done it. Like I've never I've never seen that in the all the podcasts that I've seen, all the people mm. that I've played with. I've played with people who don't speak, but I I have never played with somebody who cannot hear or cannot see. Have you ever played with any with a player who could not who didn't uh was hard of hearing or what, deaf yeah, or was hard of hearing blind. or yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think that I have either. Yeah. That I know of. Right. Yeah. Where someone expressed to me that they were hard of hearing. Or... Totally. And so that I guess that brings me to the other thing, which you know what it's it's reminded me of The Witcher. Mm. Say more. <laughs> There's just... a lot we could say about The Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> I'll refrain. I think The Witcher really exemplifies what you see in a lot of fantasy, which is like all the people who are doing the stuff are really, really beautiful. And <laughs> like really, really good at doing all the stuff, right? Yeah. And and it's it's a little cringe, Yennefer's transition. Oh yeah, it's awful. Right. I thought it was an actual disabled actor for a while, and I mm-hmm. was like, oh wow, mm-hmm. this is awesome. And then I was like, oh, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a keep. Uh, yeah. Yes. We won't get into The Witcher. <laughs> we won't get deep into it. Sure. But. Sure. But it it seems to just typify what happens a lot even in our own fantasy you know in in people just playing around a table for fun it's like Mm. so often there are these characters who have deep scars like you know there's so many cliches about 
the D&D player who's playing this person who comes from such a tortured past. Yeah. But they're really fucking beautiful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's been a hard life uh, being so pretty. It's been a real hard life. <laughs> it's, I don't But I, that person I would actually like to see. But it, but it's never that. It's never like, yeah, it's been really hard for me because I'm beautiful. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's constantly getting people's attention. No, I think you're onto something, Tor. I think that that's true. And I think for me, it's it, when I when I think about like people being imaginative. Like I think about playing with my good friend who is on the spectrum and is playing a character who's on the spectrum. Yeah. And like we have created the mechanics for that using the mechanics that are already there mm -hmm. but like it would be really cool for someone who is an actual game designer to give us mechanics that we could use sure that mm -hmm. would be like inclusive and like helpful like i think about that when it comes to like deaf and blind and hard of hearing players and other like any player with a like player and player character with a disability it's just because the mechanics are already there of like you have to be able to see it's like cool what if you can't and very awesome to be creative i love that as a as a possibility but it would also be cool for someone to like actually have some rules in place for that so that way you could be like okay i'm gonna be a blind player a blind character what does that mean per se um, and like someone to help you like create that a little bit more mm -hmm. of like what that means so that way you're not like always at a disadvantage because I feel like the problem right now with the mechanics and this is what we've seen also a little bit with some of the other yeah things with D&D is like you're almost expected to be able-bodied totally and so mm -hmm. if you are a disabled player like a character player then it's like your character is is put at a hindrance and so like finding a way of being able to be your character to be disabled and not it to always affect you in a negative way yeah for sure yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely and i think that's that's exactly what it feels like is like the normative is this cliche of like mm -hmm. oh yeah you you can you can do all of these things and mm -hmm. and and your site is it's either perfect or it's perfecter. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're an elf, then like good on you. You can see even better. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I it's it is. It's like there have definitely I've definitely seen and heard non-player characters in stories that weren't able-bodied sure. or that were you know hard of hearing or blind or whatever. Yeah, because there is you know with player characters they are adventurers you know mm -hmm. they they are there is something that they do there's something about them whether it's magic or extra strength or whatever that allows them to do superhuman things and so i do think that it would i think there's a lot of ways to like if we're going to say that an adventurer can be anybody like that the, that there's not a able-bodied in the sense that like we think about it prerequisite to being an adventurer then i think there's a lot of ways to come at like the creating characters that like are able to and in differently able in a lot of different ways that mm -hmm. like I, I can think of a lot of ways to uh, um have a a character who's hard of hearing or a character who's blind who's still if if it starts with this person is an adventurer then it's like oh okay cool there's a lot of ways to come at that is yeah. um this might be so wrong uh is deadpool blind i was just trying to daredevil think is daredevil. daredevil is and also there's like there's some x-men with some mm -hmm. some like oh, that's right okay i was just kind of trying to think about like are there mm -hmm. examples when it comes to other like yeah. superhero culture that are 
yeah, I mean, Toph also from Avatar, who can see through the the ground, the ground yeah. but actually can't see visually. And mm. so then mm. when she's in the air, she has disadvantage on everything. Huh. And everything. Yeah. when she was on sand, had disadvantage on everything. And yeah. it was truly heartbreaking. Yeah. And then when she's on, she's also created metal bending. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. mm. uh, I love Avatar. Avatar's the fucking best. But like, I just think yes. that like, that's a great example, a great example. of a mm-hmm. character yeah. that is in a world that like, she is disabled, she is blind, and also she is an adventurer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. That is that is exactly like amazing. That's like a great example of like, I think sort of thing that I was, that I was trying to get at as well. That it's mm-hmm. like adventurer. Mm-hmm. And in these instances, yeah, it's harder. And in a lot of these other instances, oh, wow. You're, the way that you see the world, you take in the world is beyond what I, you know, somebody else is able to, mm. to do. Also, yeah. we're on the, we're on stone and you're dead, which is most, you're on ground, you're dead. So that's <laughs> most of the world. So um, it's most of it. Yeah. And most I feel of where like, we live. Yeah. So here's, here's what I think would be super cool. I would be most interested to see game designers that were non-seeing, non-hearing, that had personal experience with the way that Mm. that kind of, yeah, that other way of experiencing the world can manifest, Mm -hmm. do a significant amount of the work. And maybe maybe they aren't like full-time game designers. That's fine. Collaborate with somebody who isn't like put that language down in a way that makes sense for the game. But I feel like that would be really cool to play. Because I, I could like come up with yeah. some ideas off the top of my head and I'm like, I don't know what the sure, fuck I'm talking sure. about. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and there, didn't they recently come out with a character that uses a wheelchair? That's like a, like a new a mechanic? Couple of years, there was a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, they, they came out with a, a series of mini adventures called like the Candlelight something mm-hmm. or whatever. The Candlekeep stuff. And yeah. that... Both A on the cover, there was uh, a wheelchair using adventurer, mm-hmm. um, and I think that was where the, like those mechanics first came into came into being, mm-hmm. uh, and that was I don't know that was like maybe right before yeah that was several years ago right before mm-hmm. the pandemic actually I think maybe it might have been twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is awesome. I mean, I would love to see more of that. Mm. That sounds great. This honestly might be a good segue into the interview that we've got coming up with Jesse Davis. Because, yeah, one of the things that Jesse was talking a lot about in the panel that we saw at Gamehole Con was exactly what you're talking about, like cover art and how art Mm. can make a Mm. big difference. And art doesn't always need to be represented mechanically, but sometimes it needs to be and that's awesome and you know having having somebody who is a wheelchair user great now let's have some mechanics so that we can have that person represented not just in the art but also in the way that the imaginary gameplay is happening Mm. and jesse had a lot of really interesting ideas and like resources like there's a whole publishing company working on stuff that is 5e compatible doing a lot of this stuff yeah so we have a lot a lot of fun things to talk about with yes jesse we do yes we do are we doing plugs uh we can <laughs> um i'm plugging all of you all i feel like i was quiet in that discussion because i was i was absorbing i think there's a lot of things in this conversation that i really had not thought about which kind of just like 
shows my blinders. So I feel like my brain was really, my wheels were turning a lot in that conversation. So thank you oh. all. Oh. Yeah, that's my plug. Amazing for for active listening, holding space, and and always being open to learning something new. Yeah, yeah. what a great plug. Anybody else want to plug anything? Oh, yeah. When this comes out, they'll have four more performances of the next <gasps> show right. that I, the, <laughs> the show that I'm in currently. Uh, it's a pretty fascinating piece. It's like a, a docu-theater piece about the experiences of folks in the military. Mm. It's called War Words. So for any of the New York listeners, uh, come check us out at ART's Theater on 53rd and 10th Street. Uh, really, really fascinating play where, uh, and it's all taken from actual dialogue from interviews done with folks uh, in different branches of the military about their experiences uh, in the, you know, multiple wars that our country mm. was in for 20 years. Wow. Mm. Yeah, come check it out. We will. We will be there. We will be there after this episode comes out. That's so, right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if, you, if you come this weekend, then you'll see us. <laughs> yes. Yes, we will be there on Saturday. Deanna, anything? Um, my dog being awesome. Uh, my dog's nice. awesome. She She's she pretty. Did a great job. Goddamn great. She just started agility classes and uh, is going to be a rock star. So hell yeah, I want to plug yeah. that. <laughs> nice. All right, and I'm going to plug uh, another game place, but it's not a game shop. It's a. It's like a game restaurant it's called the vigilante what? it's in austin texas vigilante. oh dang and it's really awesome my brother started telling me about this like right after he moved to austin and we went because we went down there for thanksgiving and it was more incredible than i think i ever imagined a game restaurant pub tavern kind of place could be it's like Every table has a little button that you can push, which sets off this animatronic like creature that's mounted above the table, which lets the servers know that you need something. And they do this so that the servers don't come bother you while you're playing your game. But if you need a drink or food or something, then you can call them over. Or if you're done with your game and you need a new game because they have a whole games library, but you don't have to get up and go over there because you can just call them over and they have menus with all the games listed on them. So you can look at your game menu, decide what you want, and then they'll just bring it to you. And That's so cool. then they have a whole library of D&D terrain. So if you want to go play D&D there, you can use their like 3D terrain to play D&D there. It's they have organized play events, they do performances. It, it was really awesome. Like wow. really legit awesome. I can't wait this to go back. This looks incredible. Mm -hmm. I'm on the website right now and it looks pretty cool. It's pretty cool. We should cool. go. Let's all go right now. <laughs> well, help if there's if there's a convention near Austin that we can go to, we South can. All right. Southwest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 If they, we ever, if either of us. They do have there, like yeah. some podcast stuff. I'm curious. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, if we do that, you will definitely hear about it. <laughs> and until then, you can find us on the socials at When Crit Happens, or you can send us an email to whencrithappens at gmail.com and if you Georgia. hadn't had enough head on over to our Patreon for more that's patreon.com slash whencrithappens crit on everybody hope you enjoyed the show everyone special thanks to Cullen Fitzpatrick for our theme music and original musical underscoring by Wormwood Balin Wagner and Benjamin Bergdorf 
Full episodes come out every other Wednesday. On the off weeks, exclusive content is released for our members. Head over to patreon.com slash whencrithappens to join the community. Thanks for listening. We, we still have beef. We have ground that we need to cover. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I mean, if you would like to go get dinner sometime, like that's fine, <laughs> but like it can't beef be beef. Sometime. <laughs> that's that's impossible. That I don't know how. I'm sorry. It's impossible. Impossible. It's, it's impossible. You just you just watched a, a a rock creature climb out of the ground and grab your riches, and you talking about not eating meat is impossible oh. do you hear yourself i no. thought you're gonna make an impossible burger joke yeah <laughs> oh, no yes, every oh, part of my soul no. oh i didn't even see i was it. trying it was to toss it right out there. i was like i was trying to lob it up there for you, you i wasn't seeing it uh uh that's fantastic that's fantastic and, all right all right all right take two <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs>